Welcome to the first episode of Beyond the Neon Lights. I'm your host, Leanne Camarero, a show tune singing, tap dancing theater nerd. Since you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you love theater just as much as I do. So I'm sure you've already heard everything there is to know about the Audra McDonald's and Joel Grays of theater. And if you're new to theater, welcome. But what about the people whose names aren't above the title that help keep those neon lights shining bright every night? Each month, I'll peel back the curtain and speak with those unsung heroes about their contributions to theater. On today's episode, I spoke with Tyler Roberts, who's currently in the Ensemble of Aladdin, to discuss his first year on Broadway, the steps he took to get himself there, and what he's learned about himself along the way. We go way back. Can we do. You, can we you do. believe we've known each other for probably 15 years? It's, it's crazy. It's right? really, it's been a long journey. Right? A long, long journey. So Tyler and I met, we were in the same dance class, mm-hmm. and we competed together. I think it was like seven, seven-ish years we were together. Yeah. And then the last time we competed was when we went to Germany in 2009. Wow. Didn't you get... Oh, the good old days. Doesn't that when you claimed silver for your solo? I did claim silver for my solo, yes. Yeah. This guy's, this guy's a beast. We all knew that he was going oh, to Broadway. Gosh. But, so yeah, now he's in the Ensemble of Aladdin. You've been there now since August of 2018, correct? Correct, so you yes. just hit your first year my mark. My first year mark, the uh, last Saturday. Time flies, right? Time truly flies. Can you believe it? Or <laughs> Honestly, there's still days where I'm like pinching myself mm-hmm. over there. I'm, the music starts and I'm like, I'm about to go do a Broadway show. It's a dream come true. A dream come true. When did you decide that you wanted to pursue a career in Broadway or just, you know, dance was your passion? Like, what made Mm, you want to take that full time? I started dancing when I was, like, six. Um, And my parents said it was because I was moving around the house, um, all all that jazz, you know, listening to music. I would start, like, bopping along to the beat. Um, And so they found me the Dance Connection East Haven, Connecticut. and I kind of was doing that alongside sports until high school. Um, and that's when I think schedules started conflicting. And once that started happening, I really had to make a decision like, was it sports? Was it the arts? And then I was introduced to theater in high school. I went to um, the Educational Performance Center for the Arts in New Haven, Connecticut, along with my public high school. And from there, I found a love of acting. Um, and through that, started taking voice lessons. Um, and because I had been dancing since I was six, I knew I wanted to go to school to focus on my other two areas. So I really wanted to focus on my singing my, and my acting. Um, so I didn't actually apply to any um, dance colleges. Because I was like, I want to do Broadway then. So I think that was the moment where I was like, if Broadway is my goal, I need to do dancing, singing, acting learn any other trades and tricks and skills because nowadays like being a triple threat is common mm-hmm. and now you have to like can you also play the piano can you also do this can you also do that and so i think really the culmination in high school and probably not until i started thinking about colleges was that like broadway is like a goal of mine and musical theater is a goal of mine and dancing singing acting all together is really what i want to do so speaking of college you went to wagner college here in new york correct? yes i did so why did you pick Wagner? Um, Wagner actually came to me a little bit on a whim. Um, I've heard of like NYU, um, Carnegie Mellon, like the big, big names that you hear in the um, theater industry. And I actually was at a college fair in somewhere in Connecticut. I don't remember the exact town. And there, they, had a, they had a counselor there and she was like, you should really look into Wagner College's theater program. 
Um, I'd never heard of it before. Um, so I was like, oh, like, let me just check it out. And I went and set up an audition, um, went to the campus, fell in love with the campus. Upon getting my acceptance to the school, it was between there and, um, I'll be blunt, between there and Pace University. Um, And I think what I really was looking for also on top of that was like, I love the idea of having a campus. While Pace is great, it was very much integrated into the city. And I don't know if I was ready to go from this rural, cow-towny lifestyle, Mm -hmm. straight catapult into the city. I I really needed like some sense of home and security. And also because Wagner was on Staten Island, it kind of was a little bit away from like the hustle and bustle of Manhattan. Um, So I think that helped me. And also like I have so many interests in life and I really wanted to pursue an education and I really wanted to maybe minor or major in education. And I wasn't able to make a schedule that would work well for me at Pace to do that. Where at Wagner, they're like, you can minor education. There's also a dual major in education if you like decide that performance is not your career. So I think that really what that's really what sold me on. So you're basically Wagner. covering all your bases. Yeah, I, I wanted to cover all my bases. You yeah. know, I I wanted this. I went into school being like, you know, you think you're so talented, you think you're like ready to like Broadway's gonna like give you a contract and you're gonna be on the Broadway stage, but I also went in being like, reality is that like not everyone makes it. So I really wanted to make sure I had some fallbacks and I wanted to pursue other loves and interests at the same time. Would you say that that's like one piece of advice you'd give people is like, don't be naive, kind of not necessarily expect the worst and hope for the best, but just plan that maybe your plan A might fall through and have like a B, C or D. Yeah, I think life is so spontaneous. I think it never goes as planned. Something I always like to talk about is that like everyone in my industry is very talented. Even the people auditioning on the street, like everyone is super talented and that's not going to change. Um, so sometimes like, it's just a matter of like, you didn't have the right eye color that for what we needed for this role. You didn't have this or that or this or that. So it's never about your talent. Those are the things that I can't control. But what I can't control is like, how else can I use my art and use like what I love to do in a way that I can. So like, I love teaching dance too. Like I love going back to my alma mater, mater and like teaching there and giving advice and like working with children. So like, I think understanding the other and some people like to choreograph and direct and do other things like understand that there are many ways to make your dream a reality and it's not always gonna be the plan that your plan a version of it like you may have to have plan b plan c plan d all the way through the whole alphabet and like i think that's really what i was exploring at wagner too because i was still trying to find myself do you think wagner i know you said that their um their campus life really like drew to you and Mm -hmm. you think that homey feel really made you okay like hone down and decide okay this is my main focus yeah yeah because you weren't kind of like taken in by all of the hustle and bustle of the city and overwhelmed 100 percent. it made me very active on my campus like i was a resident assistant at wagner um and i really got to understand like what it was like to be in charge of a bunch of kids that were not only not kids i don't even call them kids students Mm -hmm. other college students that were around my age, but, like, I was, like, in a little bit responsible for their safety. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, like, responsibility that I was able to to see if I, like, had that skill set mm-hmm. and see, like, how I could, one, learn how to communicate with people my own, my own age, with people who are older than me. And these are all, like, little skills I was able to pick up by being in this campus environment that I take with me now. Like, when I go talk to a director or a producer, I'm, there's a, I think I have a better understanding my own confidence in myself to be like, I 
am worthy enough to be talking to you instead of being timid and afraid at my approach. So would you say that those experiences outside of, of the core classes that you took mm-hmm. are maybe the, the biggest thing that you took from being in college as far yeah. as being able to apply it to your career, just not only just in Atlanta, but any future thing that you do or even while you said while you're teaching? As much as like as much as I learned so much in all my core classes and all my ed- in any of my education time at Wagner, the real thing I think I was able to discover about myself was like, who am I at this moment? Like obviously it's constantly forever changing. And how do I how do I understand that like I'm a human being and I'm a person? Because I think a lot of times, especially in this industry, like we think that career above everything else. And I like to think of it as like I'm a person first. And I, th- and I think because I'm able to process in that way, I don't let the, the negative impact that you could experience by being in this, in this field or in any field really take a toll on my self-worth. Yeah, because this, this industry is not just physical. People just often think of the physical aspect, mm-hmm. whether it's like getting injured or vocal yeah. rest, but it's very mental and mm-hmm. I feel like that you can have all of this the physical skills but if you do not have the mental um skill set to take it on mm-hmm. it's gonna affect you negatively and could also affect you physically yeah I mean just being in the audition process in general like you're being told no mostly every day yeah like 90 like plus 90, percent. 90 plus percent of the mm-hmm. time you're being told no you think you don't really think about it, and like I didn't really think about it, honestly until I entered the workforce. That it does like it impacts you because you start questioning yourself, even like in your daily activity. Like you wake up one day and you're like, "Do I? Can I walk outside and just hear a bunch of people say no at me today?" Mm-hmm. But things that you things I was able to build to be like, "I can do that because that notice that no is not a personal attack against me." And if it and if I'm not ready to experience that no today, then maybe I don't need to go to an audition today. So speaking of the audition process, so you graduated in 2016. Yes. Let's jump to 2018. Okay. Because that was <laughs> a pretty big year for you. It was a pretty big year. So you started your year being cast in two world premiere productions. I did. So you did The Sting at Paper Mill Playhouse, mm-hmm. which was from March to April. Yes. And then you did The Royal Family of Broadway at Barrington Stage from June to July. Yes. How... Was it jumping from one show to the next in that such small amount of time when sometimes your career can go doing one show and then Mm. you'll have like a year of nothing? Honestly, I think those really helped me um, understand a process of creating, um, being, being, jumping from this thing um, to the Royal Family of Broadway. Yes, they were very different shows in style. But the structure of like how they format were very similar. Like you'd come in one day and you learn this whole number and you come in the next day and it's cut. And like that is, it's very, it's very overwhelming at times. Like you, I also, because like in my, in the first of the two, um, I was swinging. Okay. I was on stage swing. So I was also like learning other people's tracks at the same time as learning my own personal one. Um, that was it just it was a lot of like mental energy was being used of just being okay with the fact that like I'm putting all this physical, mental, vocal energy into this number or the scene or whatever to know that like we may get to tech and they're gonna be like, it's not there anymore. And like that really built me up a lot of strength to then 
when it when it moved on past then to go into Aladdin where like you're learning a show by yourself and like it's already set, um, I like kind of like already was able to be like let's just focus in and like hone in and like really 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 put the mental energy that it's required to learn some to be kind of like thrown into a process because that's what I feel like those two shows are. It's a lot of like throwing something up there, see if it works, bringing it back. And being a replacement in a show, you're learning everything by yourself and then you're thrown on stage. And I think coming from two shows where, I'm, where we're creating from the ground up really, 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 really set me up well to be like, just go with it. It's like a lot of like, it's a, a, again, the mental game of it all. It's just like... Do you ever have foom, a foom, moment foom. where you just like, either you're on stage and you just stop for a second and you're like, okay... Wait, where am I going next? Like, are you, how are you able to turn it on and off knowing like, okay, this is the track that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This is where I have to go, whether it's downstage or mm-hmm. stage left. And you're just able to pocket that in your brain and try not to do the other tracks that you know. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I'm a big flashcard person when I'm swinging. I love a good flashcard. Um, I will f- have different colors for each track. Um, and I will also study and like review the tracks. But... Um, a lot of times, especially in the swing life, um, you just say shout with love. Um, and that's the great thing about like when you're in a great ensemble, like Aladdin, like the Sting, like the Royal Family Broadway, it, it's such a loving company that, that like, they're going to make sure that like you get to where you need to go. As much as like, yes, you like may not be a swing, you know that like this person's supposed to be next to me right here. If the swing's not for that person, they're not there. How can we help him or her get to that spot? Um, and whether so it's, it's either, do you ever have it where somebody steps into that spot for a person? Yeah, and like, it's, it's, you, it's an awareness. It's an awareness of life theater. Like, we can't go back and rewind and like edit it out or like go back and like refilm the scene. Like, we, it's live theater. So you just like, you kind of go with it. And I think like, Matt's like, give you a full circle moment, but like, um, <laughs> please do. <laughs> <laughs> but like, everyone on that stage is a human first. So they're going to make a mistake. They're not going to... It's not... We're not machines here. The second that you feel like you're falling... Someone's there's, there. There's 90,000 people ready to be like, we're here to lift you up. And I think that's what's great about the Broadway community and mm-hmm. that people love about the Broadway community where people try to compare it to, you know, doing movies or TV and they have all these award shows and people often think that everyone's pitting themselves against each other, but the Broadway community really prospers on love and respect for everyone, whether it's their own show or people coming from other shows. Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys do a very good job at supporting each other, no matter what the situation yes. is. Coming from someone who's so, shall I say, green in the industry, like coming into the show, I felt so loved and supported the whole time. And, so, and I was very nervous. I mean, like making your Broadway debut in a, in a track that they say is very hard. I was, uh, on, on the edge. Um, and I think a lot of them are ready there to like grab me so I don't fall off that edge. Again, you are in the ensemble of Aladdin. You've been there for a year. Take us through that audition process for you. What was it like? So mine was like a very, it was a very fast process. So like my amazing agent, Lucilla Campley, LDC, artist representation, represent over here. Um, there we go. She got me this appointment through submission. And um, so it was about, I want to say 40 guys in a room. Um, we learned part of the men's dance in um, Arabian Nights. 
did that mid pass that cut, um, and then got and then sang and vocalized with Aaron, um, our musical director, one of our musical directors, and our vocal director. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Um, <laughs> and that was it. That was that was the call for the day. Um, and I happened to be uptown walking around, and my agent called me, and she said, "There's no offer on the table. Go to New Amsterdam Theater. Um, you're going to try some costumes." How do you go from getting the call saying there's no offer, but go to the theater and try on some costumes I mean, anyway? It's 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 interesting. Like I've been in finals before for things for for Broadway shows. I've been in finals before, so it's it, it's that it's like that saying where it's like, hope for the best, expect the worst. So I was like, I was hoping that like maybe like something good would come from this, but I wasn't expecting. I was expecting to be handed this Broadway thing. So it's a lot of like that mental game of like. It may not work out, and it may work out. Usually, a lot of times when you're auditioning, you're able to like go in there, do it, and forget about it. And I think once you start getting down to like the wire of like being in finals for things, it starts. You see that like reality coming to you, and you're like, "Ooh, the dream is here. Mm-hmm. It's like in my grasp." And you're literally in the building. Yeah. Um. I will say like the first like this wasn't my first. Now I've I've never really gone to a fitting for a replacement, but like this is my first time being in a final for something. So I think I was kind of more in the, I, this probably won't happen for me because it hadn't happened for me yet. So anyways, I went to the New Amsterdam Theater, um, tried on a bunch of costumes. They didn't, also because there was multiple tracks being looked at, they upstairs in the wardrobe didn't know exactly what track I was being looked at for because it was like the audition just happened and they just got information that someone was coming for fittings. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, so I'm standing up, I'm standing up here being like, I don't know what I'm being looked at for. They don't know what I'm being looked at for. Um, and it and it's also was the funny thing is that my um, fitting was at five thirty and it was like a two hour fitting, and it's a Thursday night, so there's a show mm-hmm. having a lot in. So not only now am I up there getting fitted, but now I'm seeing cast members in the show coming up, because um, they all they have like small fittings or like small being looked at for new costume pieces or things like that. Which is a great time to connect. Connect and, and then like also our dance captain Ariel Reed came up and checked in on me. I think that was, like, the start of me being, like, oh, wow, this is a very welcoming company. Like, she's, like, coming up to check in because, like, I don't know who else is being fitted that day. Like, there could be 17 guys being fitted that day. And they're just, like, I'm just one of 17. My agent didn't really know any information. She, all she knew was that, like, she was going to find out either if I didn't get her or got it. Like, that was the extent of what was happening. And so my agent told me that I should know by the end of the night if I was going to get it or didn't get it. And so I happened to, funny side note, happened to be running, um going to the elevator and was riding down with the two genie standbys, um, Deontay and Juwan. And they looked at me and said, so you're joining the company? And I said, I don't know. I just had a fitting. Like, it's not. And they looked at each other and said, we'll see you in the company. Oh, and then that's I, so like, nice. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> like, like, there was a lot of signs now that I look back at it that, like, would have been like, yeah, I'm, like, joining Aladdin. But at the time, I was still, like, this is not going to happen. Like, I walked out of the theater being like, this could probably not happen. And I didn't end up hearing anything that night. So I went to bed being like, if I was going to get it, I would have known. And then I think it was like 1.50 that next day in the afternoon, my agent called me crying and uh-huh. like was like, you're making your ride debut in Aladdin. I like went out to a rock. I screamed. I called my parents. I did like, you know, the whole shebang of like, like what you see when, in the movie when, is- when a dream becomes a reality, mm-hmm. shebang, whatever that is for whoever you are. Um, and then um, that excitement, though, turned to stress and anxiety a little bit because I started rehearsals 
the next Tuesday. And um, how long did you rehearse for? Yeah, and so, like, yeah, so we had, it was, I had, like, two full weeks of, like, a rehearsal. I had, like, two weeks of an actual rehearsal um, with just me, dance captain. I think I had maybe one or two rehearsals with, like, maybe one of the other vacation swings. Um, and, uh, and, like, the rehearsal music directors. Um, and then I had one onstage rehearsal with just a dance captain. I got to touch some of the props that I had to use in the show and, like, got to, like, see some of the set pieces. Um, and that third week, it was my put-in. Um, and they actually changed my debut, which is um, apparently common in this company just because we have some people going in and out. It's supposed to be the Tuesday after my put-in, but it actually they changed it to my put-in was that Friday, and I debuted that night. Wow. So how a put-in works is that I full costume, I have to do, I dance full out, I sing full out, I give you the whole shebang. I'm, ba- I'm giving you my Broadway performance. Um, and they call in the ensemble and covers and some of the principles, depending on what they need. And we run the show. Um, but the thing, the trick bag is, is that none of the other ensembles in costume. And a lot, like, I didn't have lights or the fire or anything else that's like in our show. Is it just Real, the scenes that you're in or is um, the whole we, thing? They, we run the, for my, it depends on the track and depends on what you're going in for. Because of costume changes that we have to do in the show, like it was, it was basically became an understudy run for the understudies. Um, and... Because they had to run the full show because I have 10 costumes in the show. The time, like, they, I need those scenes because I'm running my costume changes mm-hmm. to make sure. And, like, the, some of them are quick, so we have to, like, run everything in, in full time. Because um, that also is a choreographed... What yeah, people don't see backstage is very choreographed. Very, what you're a, standing, yeah. what way you cross Ooh, stage, let me what tell time. You. <laughs> I... Pretty sure I got comfortable on stage before I got comfortable off stage. We'll just say that because it is. I had a rehearsal. I had a quick change rehearsal. Like that's how intense it is in the show. Like there are certain shows that you don't have a lot of costume changes. Where Disney spectacles are thing. I mean, um, friend like me, how many like costume me, changes have, do you I have? I have two in that, in that one. one. I have three in Prince Ali. Um, it's a lot of layering, a lot of like figuring it out, and like you have to, you have to rehearse it, especially if you're new, to be like, because that night, too, like it's not like the difference being like in my put in, it's just me backstage like doing these costume changes, so I like, have all the room, no, no one's back there from the tech department like running like these set pieces or anything like that. That night, first of all, pitch black because <laughs> we we lights, rehe- we do the yep. put in work lights, and now I have. 10 people over here, like, also trying to, like, get changed, stuff like that. And there's, like, a whole routine that I had to learn about, like, cool, I'm dressed now. Where do I go stand while I'm waiting to enter? But someone else has to go before me. Like, it's one of those, one of those, it's basically Tetris. Very it's Tetris. aware of your like, surroundings. Yeah, you're trying, you have to be super aware. But, yeah, the put-in, um, I run full out. Um, they don't, the ensemble, the ensemble when everyone sings full out, they don't have to dance full out because that's just rude like <laughs> they're coming torture. in at their, they're coming in at their courtesy like put-ins are a gift for the person being put into the show I, I know it's stressful and dreadful sometimes for the people to be like oh, another rehearsal that we're like being I could be home like drinking my coffee but here we are at 12 o'clock like running the show um but like for me like I needed it and for most people like you need it mm-hmm. um and I want to say like my rehearsal even though like I was done rehearsing after that Friday I was re- that sh- those shows were rehearsals for me until probably a month, because at that point I I was finally gotten I was like oh you're this color doing this thing that I have to slide through at this point I now know your name like it's like one of those things where it's like 
I've been so isolated and so separated from the rest of the company learning the show because they're doing the show while I'm learning the show that I didn't like you don't I didn't have the same interaction to be like I'd be told like you're signing between Amber and April here or you're you're doing this and someone's over there and I would be like this is great and I wrote it all down but I was like who's Amber yeah Amber <laughs> April like it was like what it was like running up and down the halls being like okay you're purple you're the purple color at least cool got it like it's like one of those things um and like even now like we make changes we have rehearsals so like you're always as much as like your performance to your destination you're always in the journey and always trying to figure it out so aladdin obviously as we all know is part of the disney family yes it is is based off of the hit animated movie yes it was 20-something years ago it came out. <laughs> 1992, I believe. Yeah, so you were not non-existent. Born. <laughs> <laughs> not born. Maybe a thought. But yeah. not, <laughs> maybe a thought, but not born. I don't know. My brother was just born recently, so I may not have been a thought. Um, <laughs> he could have been a struggle. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but because it's based off of the movie and people love it so much and still do, I mean, they just mm-hmm. did the live action yeah. version. And I feel like as a person who experiences theater, mm-hmm. a lot of people have this expectation of what they want to see on stage and how they feel yeah. it should be done. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have that added pressure just mentally when you were coming into this? Because it is such a, a huge production. Yes, of course. A lot of moving set pieces. I mean, yes. you have big, heavy dance numbers, mm-hmm. fans of all ages, kids and adults. Yeah. Or did you just, did you say like, Forget that. I'm not even going to let it bo- like enter my mind. Hmm. I don't need that noise. Yeah. Um, a little bit of both, I, I would say. Um, I knew I was going to a show that was clearly popular um, and had expectations. Um, but I think what was... The thing is, like, so I had never seen the show before I booked it. I think after watching it that first time, I think I kind of was like, oh... It is the movie, but it's not the movie. Like a lot of they, things. There's are a lot changed. of new elements, a lot of new things that I'm like. I say if you're gonna bring it back, like do something different. So like I think I had a lot more pressure of being on Broadway and less about the pressure of like being part of Aladdin. I didn't realize the fandom until I was in it as much. Like I wasn't. I was a fan of the movie, but like I wasn't aware of like how. Like, people come internationally to see Aladdin on Broadway because they're like, we know Disney. We understand Disney. Let's go see Aladdin on Broadway. So I think that is, that added a little bit of pressure, but also was, like, kind of cool because then I would talk to some people about it afterwards and we'd discuss, like, how it was Aladdin, but it wasn't Aladdin the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a great conversation to have with people because... I don't I think it would have I don't think it would have been as successful if they tried to just do the movie on a stage. Yeah, and they re- then, yeah. yeah, they definitely took the parts they needed, adjusted the ones mm-hmm. that just didn't work. Yeah. Like yes. I mean, are you gonna have a tiger on stage? No. no. We don't need a tiger on stage. We don't need puppets. Do you, you need a do, monkey? You can, no. do, you can do it without puppets. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I think this production of Latin proves. Like Abu is great. Iago's a Paris, great. Like those are all great things, but a movie will do that better. Mm-hmm. Than like we were do on stage and like DDR is hilarious as Iago. Yes. our three friends, amazing. Like they're like the additions that we have in the show 
and the small changes, like give Jasmine a song. Give yes, some please give her some power. Yes, mm-hmm. like I think it it gives it pays homage to the movie, but it's not the movie. How do you think you've grown as a performer since that first performance up until now? I think the stamina. First of all, um, I've never been a show that ran longer than a couple months, um, just because I've done a lot of regional contracts and regional gigs. Um, I think that also had a lot, had a lot of pride for me because I was like, if I can make it pass, if I can perform this show eight times a week for like three months without, and like, unless if necessary, like without like calling out of a show, then like I can do Broadway. Like that was like my, like, I think there was some sort of mindset in that thing. That, that mindset has thus then shifted because like life happens. Mm-hmm. And again, that human first. And I think, going back to human first, like, I think that, because when I first joined, Aladdin was my life. I, everything I did was in preparation for my show that night. Everything I was doing was for Aladdin. Um, and rightfully so. Like, I was still very new to the show, very fresh. I did not want to make mistakes. Like, you know, you have that little, like, thing in the back of your head being like, you could be fired. Like, you could make that big a mistake and be fired. What I learned to do was silence that, silence that thing. Like, silence that to not consume. Like, always have it there. Like, I, a little a little fear doesn't hurt anybody. Um, and, like, contributing, like, understanding that, like, Aladdin is a priority in my life, but it's not my whole life. And over the course of the year, like, I've done other things. Like, I've gone back to teach. I've gone back to teaching things. I've explored a little bit. Like, just to You've me, lived and, your like, life. Live my life. And, like, also, like, I'm at a platform now where I can also give back. And, like, I think, like, that's where I'm at in my life, where I'm just, like, how do I... How can I also give back? Like, I still want to build and continue and grow. But, like, how am I also giving back? Like, I've done a couple things for BCEFA. Just is a great organization. Yeah, great organization through the Broadway community. Like, just doing that. Like, I'm going back to Dance Connection next week and teaching workshops there. Like, great. those are, like... And I work with educational performance tours and, like, teach a lot to students. And then they come see the show at night. And then I'll talk to them afterwards. Um, and I think that has something that I've grown to realize that, like, Broadway is a, an amazing thing and like it is a dream and it is a goal it is beautiful but like how do we build from that and like it's gonna like we want to continue to fulfill ourselves there was I would say like like I would say like four months in I was probably hit like a little bit of a rut and that was like when I was like why am I hitting this rut and I looked back and it was because I was making a lot and consume me life. yeah I was letting it consume me that I would wake up maybe go to the gym eat some food but like would sit around and do nothing until Latin was there. And I was like, I can't, that's, that's not, find another love. I had, and like, I went to college and I, I had other loves, like, let's explore that. It's, it's stability, Broadway stability and beautiful and lovely. Now let's explore the world outside of it too. So one last question before we go. Of course. What is your favorite memory over the past year working at Oh, wow. Uh, Oh, gosh. What's one thing that really just stands out to you? I whether think, it's just a small thing. I think thing. what was so beautiful. So I got lucky. And I, joined, I joined Aladdin right as I was about to hit his fifth year anniversary. And I think... So that performance. That performance of like... Amazing. Yeah. We had, we had James James come back. We had five genies on stage giving their hearts out. Then after... They did after a show coming out and just like... And James being on doing stage. Hamilton. Yeah. And like they're all like doing all these other things. And like... Just to experience like the audience, like that standing ovation that we got after from like from like me that night was 
magical. It, it really was because it just, it reminded me that like I'm in a great space in an environment that like is so accepting and so loving and like has done so for five years already. And I was just honored that I was a part of the company at the time. Like, I think that was a great highlight of my life. Like, the original cast members in the show, like, they paved the way for for me. Oh, like, Grant Martinez, who's my original track, paved my way. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be on Broadway if he didn't create the track, if he didn't help create that track for me. Like, as much as it was, like, great to, like, have the energy come to us, I think it was, like, a very big thank you to everyone that has helped me a lot in five years in the making and still going and still growing. So That's, that was a great memory. It's so amazing and it's so great as someone who's known you since we were kids mm-hmm. just to see you grow up to be such a successful person what you want to do you mm-hmm. didn't you never gave up and you just kept doing it it's just it's amazing to see from the outside so thank, thank you. you for coming thank on you. beyond oh the neon thank you for having me this is so fun ah. tyler roberts <laughs> ensemble of aladdin yes keep killing it come see us <laughs> At the end of each episode, there will be a segment called One Singular Sensation, where I showcase something interesting that's happening in the community. Today's One Singular Sensation is the Broadway Cares Flea Market. It's happening on Sunday, September 22nd from 10 to 7 in the Theater District in New York City, where the Broadway community comes together to sell playbills, sell props from shows, and even sign some autographs. All of the proceeds go to the Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS organization that helps people all around the country get health care, counseling, emergency financial assistance, and so much more. For more information about the flea market and Broadway Cares, visit their website, broadwaycares.org, or find them on Facebook. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Beyond the Neon Lights. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Beyond the Neon Lights. Today's episode was produced by Leanne Camarero and David Powell. And scene.